Survival Tales of the Titanic, Chapter 3, Clara. Wednesday, April 10th, 1912. Clara despised being kept in a basket. It was so undignified. The captain knew perfectly well that she could sit beside him in the motor car without having to be imprisoned. But the driver had insisted when he picked them up from their manor house. He didn't want the cat to soil the interior, he said. So, with an apologetic look and a stroke of her head, the captain had reluctantly agreed and placed Clara inside a wicker basket. Is this really necessary? The captain asked the driver as they traveled to the docks, reaching his fingers in to stroke Clara's face. Sorry, sir, the driver replied. The boss will have my guts for garters if anything gets on the upholstery. Clara turned up her nose at the driver, even though he couldn't see her. The car bumped over a series of deep potholes along the dirt road, and she shrieked, swallowing the urge to regurgitate her breakfast of pillchards and goat's milk. Although, she thought, maybe she would do it anyway to teach the rotten driver a lesson. Clara couldn't wait to be back on a ship, with the wind in her fur and miles of ocean stretching around them as they sailed smoothly across the waves, free of the endless bumps and jolts she was enduring in the motor car. I really must insist, the captain said as Clara screeched again. He ignored the driver's protests, lifting Clara out of the basket and onto his lap, stroking her head to calm her. If there's any damage at all, the captain told the driver, I will pay for it. That seemed to satisfy the driver well enough, and Clara lifted her paws in victory, purring loudly as she could to irritate the driver. The captain chuckled and kissed her on the head. I've never heard of a captain having a cat before, the driver said as they pulled up at the docks where their ship was waiting. She's a very special cat, the captain said. She has accompanied me on many voyages over the years. I would be lost without her. The captain stepped out of the car, carrying Clara in his arms. The driver unloaded their things. Clara felt a shiver of excitement as she took in the magnificent sight of what would be her home for the next few weeks. They would sail from Southampton to New York and back home again, making stops in Cherbourg in France and Queenstown in Ireland to pick up and offload more passengers and mail. Setting her down on the ground, Clara's captain stood beside her for a moment, observing the crowd. Clara herself stared up at, in awe at the magnificent ship. Of all the ships Clara had sailed on, and there had been many, the Titanic was by far the finest. The unsinkable ship, that was what the humans were calling it. And indeed, it did seem that a ship built so well-built and luxurious could be immortal. Some of the world's richest and most famous humans would be joining the Titanic's maiden voyage, including the multimillionaire John Jacob Astor and Isidore Strauss, owner of Macy's department store, and his wife, Ida. Even the ship's architect, Thomas Andrews, and the chairman of the White Star Line, J. Bruce Ismay would be on board, making sure that everything went smoothly and taking notes on anything that needed altering. Although Clara couldn't see what could possibly need changing, the Titanic was flawless, aside from a half-eaten sandwich inside the Turkish, Turkish baths she'd found when accompanying the captain on his inspection, and that would be long gone by now. Clara looked up at the captain, and when he smiled back at her, she couldn't help but feel a burst of pride. As they walked toward the gangplank, they were stopped several times by first-class passengers wanting to greet the captain and shake his hand. 
Clara made sure to stay a few steps behind. The passengers wanted to speak to the famous Captain Edward John Smith, not his pet cat. Captain Smith, a finely dressed woman trilled, hurrying over to lay a gloved hand on the captain's sleeve while she juggled a tiny dog beneath her arm. So lovely to see you again, she guessed, gushed. Of course I insisted on sailing on the Titanic as soon as I heard you were to be her captain. The captain smiled and nodded politely at the woman, then moved along to the next person waiting, wanting his attention. The secret word for this chapter will be ship, since they're on a big ship. The officers paid Clara no mind as she followed the captain to the gangplank, where they were lined up waiting for the captain to board. He greeted them in turn, and only one of the younger officers, who Clara had never met before, glanced down at her, giving her a bemused look as she trotted along behind her captain, with her nose in the air and her tail held high. The ship's trio of tall bronze whistles sounded, and Clara again felt the flutter of excitement in her stomach. The feeling that she was exactly where she belonged, that she was home.